This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. And today we're starting a new series. That, that is more than I expected. We are in for a good morning. And um, I'm wondering, are there um, any guesses who our new series is about? Jesus. Yes, because in this church, it always has been and it always will be about Jesus. And um, specifically this year, our kind of overarching theme has been Jesus first. And so this next series, which believe it or not, is going to run us up to our Christmas series. Um, this This next series is about Jesus, but it's also about us. And this series is called Jesus People. We're going to be looking at who are the Jesus people, the people of God, this brilliant and beautiful and sometimes a little bit broken invention called the church. And we're going to be looking in Acts chapter 2 and bouncing into other scriptures as we kind of see the birth of the church, as we just sang, when the church was born and, and discovering what it, what it means to be the Jesus people. You know, a collective of individuals who are seeking to put Jesus first. And um, as part of this series, um, next week, we're really excited to let you know that we're going to be celebrating International Sunday. And um, just celebrating the, the, the wonderful reality that, that the church is broad and beautiful and it is made up of every tribe and tongue and nation and people. And we see that increasingly in our church. And so we're going to be celebrating the increasing diversity of people from different nations gathered together to worship one God. And so we've got some great things in store. And I want to say specifically, if you have a traditional dress from another nation, it doesn't have to be literally a dress, traditional dress, clothes from another nation, then we invite you and would really welcome you and encourage you to wear that next week. Because we want it to be a celebration of our diversity, which is unified in Christ. So we're really excited for next week, for International Sunday. But we won't rush ahead because we've got some good stuff in store today as we begin this series. And today, the beginning of Jesus, people, we are going to be looking at a people full of the Holy Spirit. The Jesus people in Acts chapter 2 and today, a people full of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to have a look at, um, and those of you who are on Alpha, you're like a few steps ahead of us. So um, it's so exciting that yesterday we had Alpha. On Friday night, the youth and young adults had after hours where they stayed for a whole nother hour after the normal program to worship and to pray and to encounter God. So it's an exciting weekend in the life of our church. And so as we look at a people full of the Holy Spirit, we're going to look in just a moment at Acts chapter 2. It's what is called the day of Pentecost. But before we do that, and again, those of you on Alpha will be like, I know that, I heard that yesterday. Well done. For those of us who weren't there, before we look at Acts chapter 2, we just want to take a little bit, we want to rewind a little bit and give a little bit of backstory. So the Holy Spirit is the presence and the power of God at work on the earth. It's the power and the presence of God at work on the earth. And he has always existed as part of God in this wonder that theologians have come to call the Trinity. He is one 
of the God who is three in one. So he was present and active at creation. And then as we see the story of God unfold through the Old Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit is gifted to particular people for a particular purpose at a particular time. And so we see, if, if, you've, if you've ever kind of thought that the, the, new, the, the Holy Spirit is like a New Testament invention, we see the presence of God at work throughout the Old Testament, poured out for specific people in specific ways at specific times. But then the people of God receive this promise. And the people of God live with this longing and this hope and this anticipation that a day will come when the presence of God, when the power of God, when the Holy Spirit of God, God himself will be poured out for all people. Will be poured out for all people, young and old, men and women. And so they live with this hopeful anticipation. And so in Acts, when we get to Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, Jesus has died and been resurrected to life. And before he ascends to heaven, 40 days after his resurrection, he promises that he will send another. And he says, and he will be with you forever. And then 10 days later, the disciples are gathered together celebrating this Jewish feast called Pentecost. And this is what happens in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The promise is fulfilled. What they've been longing for and waiting for and kind of dreaming of, the promise is fulfilled as the Spirit is poured out for all people. In Acts chapter 2, it's like before this moment, it was raining, but it was just spitting. You know, like little drops where the Holy Spirit is gifted to particular people at particular times for particular purposes. And now it's like it is pouring down. It is tipping it down as the Spirit of God is poured out for all people. And you know what? It's still tipping it down. It is still pouring down. And so we, 2,000 years on, can be a people who are full of the Holy Spirit. And so what I want us to do in, in the rest of our time together is kind of look at three things that a people full of the Spirit are that we see throughout the New Testament. So three, the difference that the Spirit of God makes when we invite him to fill us. And so the first one is that a people full of the Holy Spirit are effective in mission. That people full of the Holy Spirit are effective in mission. See, I think it's really important that, that we look at this first outpouring because the results of the first outpouring signpost us to the purpose of every outpouring. The results of that first outpouring when the promise is fulfilled, what happens as a result of that signposts us to the purpose of every outpouring. 
So what happens in Acts chapter 2, the next verse, verse 5? Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia. I'm concentrating. Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, the visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they had too much wine. Can you imagine that night when the disciples got home, the, the chuckles they'd have? Did you hear those people? Do you hear? They thought we'd had too much wine. There's always some, isn't there? Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. What happens in the next verses is that, that Peter declares the gospel. He declares the message of Jesus for the first time. And in verse 41... Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's a good day. You know, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, they don't stay inside the room enjoying the warm, fuzzy feeling. You know, they don't start debating the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. They spill out onto the street because they cannot contain it and they declare the wonders of who God is and people come to faith in Jesus and their lives are changed and their families are reoriented and they're added to the church because a people full of the Holy Spirit are effective in mission. It's the reason God gives us, we, gives us his spirit. We see this earlier on when, when Jesus gives the great commission. It's become a, a pivotal moment in, in the church and in us understanding our purpose. In Matthew 28, Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He gives us our commission, our collective mission, and then he says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This, this commission, our collective mission, comes with a promise that his presence is with us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, just days before, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it's power to be his witnesses in, uh, in Judea, in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When Jesus promises his Holy Spirit, he's promising power for mission. A people full of the Holy Spirit are people who are effective in mission. You know, for me, as I've, as I've reflected on this in recent weeks, I have been challenged, and if I'm honest, a little bit sad at times that possibly as the church, we might have lost sight of this at times. 
And we might have focused our, our attention on the things that are not the main things. You know, focus, thinking about the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And maybe we've made it about my personal experience, about the, 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 the way it makes me feel. You know, maybe we've made it a, a source of doctrinal debate and we've lost sight of the purpose for which the Holy Spirit was poured out. And you know, both, both of those things have an important part to play. Because when we truly experience through the power of God, when we truly experience his love, that personal experience matters because it changes us and it makes us more like Jesus. And it matters how we understand and, and theology matters. But let us not find ourselves in a room focused on those things or, or debating over those things, focusing on how it makes me feel when there's a world outside for us to spill out over to, to share the wonders of who God is. Let us not lose sight of the fact that the Spirit was poured out from the heart of a missional God to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Because a people full of the Holy Spirit are effective in mission. Now, those of you who were on Alpha um, may have heard just yesterday the story of Jackie Pullinger. And um, Jackie Pullinger was born in London in 1944. She grew up with a a passion in her heart to be a missionary. And as, as, as she entered into adulthood, she set out to try and find an organization that she could do that with. And she couldn't find one, probably because she was too young and too female. And so with the advice of a brave and possibly a little bit reckless vicar, she bought a ticket and she got on a boat. And she prayed that God would lead her and tell her when she should disembark. And so in 1966, she arrived in Hong Kong. And she, from there, gave her life and continues to, to minister, to live out the reality that a people full of the Holy Spirit are effective in mission. And she ministered and continues to minister in Hong Kong. At the time, it was the, the infamous, renowned, incredibly dangerous walled city where there was poverty like you wouldn't imagine, where there was violence and danger and hopelessness and darkness. And yet, she, a young lady on her own, put into practice the reality that a people full of the Holy Spirit are effective in mission as they saw gang members become Christians and walk away from lives of violence, as they saw people set free from drug addiction with no withdrawal through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, as they began to speak in tongues like we just read about on the day of Pentecost, they were set free instantly from their addictions. See, a people full of the Holy Spirit are effective in mission. Let's not lose sight of that. Second thing I want us to understand today is that a people full of the Holy Spirit are equipped to speak. A people full of the Holy Spirit are equipped in speech. And I don't know if you've ever found yourself thrown into a situation that you couldn't prepare for 
And there's a lot resting on your words. Mummy, how did the baby get in your tummy? <laughs> My friend's little boy once asked her. <laughs> I just sat back and smiled and watched it unfold. But in Matthew 10, there is this, there is this moment, and I wonder how you would feel what you would think if you were one of the disciples, because Jesus gives his followers some insights about what is to come, and it's not all rosy. In verse 16, he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Do you slide out the back and think, it's not for me, Jesus. I liked all your love each other bit, but mm. Therefore, be as shrewd as, snake and as in, snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. A people full of the Holy Spirit are equipped to speak, are equipped in our speech. So we can have confidence that when we find ourselves in situations that are outside of our control, situations we could never have prepared for, situations where the stakes are high, we can have confidence that the Spirit of our Father, that the Holy Spirit of God can speak through us and will speak through us to, to guide us what to say and how to say it. Now, when you lead that tricky meeting, and there is lots resting on it, as you navigate raising teenagers in your home, as you comfort someone who is bereaved, and you think, I have no words to say, we can have confidence that a people full of the Holy Spirit are equipped in speech. Equipped with those words to bring healing. Those words that unlock understanding. That bring life and reconciliation and make way for breakthrough. And we can do that. We don't have to strain. We don't have to stress. Because it's not on us. We can speak with peace and with power as we just open ourselves up to be used by the Holy Spirit, the voice of our Father speaking through us. You know, for me, I just, I love that. And, and I, I, I want to have faith for those situations. I think it's really interesting that when we look at this situation, Jesus prepared, warns them about what's coming, but he doesn't tell them to prepare. He doesn't tell them to prepare. He says, don't worry, when you're in that situation, God will do it. I think that's really interesting because I also recognize that when we read scripture, when we read like the whole voice of scripture, that it talks about preparation and it talks about diligence and it talks about um, careful calculation and it talks about training ourselves. And so I think we have to be careful that whilst we must have faith for a situation like this where we, we have no words, we couldn't prepare, the stakes are high, we can have confidence that the spirit of God will speak through us. I also think we must take on, on board the, the, the guidance, the instruction to prepare, to be ready, to be thoughtful. 
because God has always chosen to partner with humanity. You know, that is incredible. And sometimes I think, are you sure, God? Are you sure this is a good idea? But God has always chosen to partner with humanity. And so God has a part to play and we have a part to play. So in those moments, God does what only he can do. And then we have a responsibility to prepare, to be diligent, to train ourselves. And I don't know about you, but for me, over the years, I think when I've heard people talk about being filled with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit, sometimes some of the things they've said sound a little bit more like laziness or disorganization. That feels harsh to say, so I'm really sorry. You know, sometimes like people would say, I haven't prepared anything, I'm just trusting God. And I think those two things are not exclusive. We can prepare and trust God. And almost, for me, it was almost a sense of this is like a superior way to live. I don't prepare anything, I just trust the Holy Spirit. Or I remember as a young person, as a young adult, seeing preachers get up like I did a few moments ago and say, well, I was going to do this. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me five minutes ago. And so now I'm going to do something completely different. And I used to think, why is the Holy Spirit so last minute? Like, why is it? Like, why? Because uh, I'm quite an organized person. So I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable if the Holy Spirit only speaks last minute. What I'm more prone to believe now is that perhaps it was the listener who was only listening in the last minute. And God, the one who equips us in speech, wants to work through us in the whole process. And the question for us is, am I listening? Are my eyes open? Am I prepared and willing to play my part in this partnership that God's called me to? Because there will be moments when it is all God and I had nothing. And there'll be moments that I will prepare for, that I'll put the hard work in for, the diligence, the training, the preparation a people full of the Holy Spirit are equipped to speak at just the right time. Are we speaking? Are we playing our part? And the third thing I want us to think about as the band come to join us is that a people full of the Holy Spirit are edified in their spirit. Are edified in their spirit. In the New Testament, we, we read about specific gifts that the Holy Spirit entrusts to the church. And there's lots, and it's, it's a wonder to read, but one of those is speaking in other tongues. And Paul, Paul we, we heard it in, um, in the, the story of the day of Pentecost. Suddenly they were speaking in other languages they didn't know, and, and people could understand them from all these different nations. Yeah, that is a miracle. But we, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul writes about speaking in other tongues. He says, it's speaking not to people, but to God. He says, indeed, no one understands them. You can feel like that sometimes when I'm speaking English. <laughs> they utter mysteries of the Spirit. And it says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. And so edify isn't really a word we use that much, I find, day to day. Edify means to build up. It means to build up. I liken it to when you plug your phone in at the end of the day. 
Or when you, you open your laptop and you realize, oh, I, I charged it down yesterday, so I've got to plug it in. I've got to recharge it. I've got to rebuild it. I've got to, I've got to charge it again. And at the end of that process, the phone is edified. It's built up. The battery is recharged. That's what, in my experience, that's what it means to pray in tongues, in this other language. And it builds you up. It strengthens you. It edifies you. And it's sometimes described as a prayer language uh, or a heavenly language in which we can communicate with God in a, in a level that goes beyond our the confines and the limits of our natural, you know, national language, but also the limitations of our minds, in which we can connect with God in a way that, that goes beyond that. And as we do that, we connect with God in a unique way and we're recharged and we're built up. You know, I, I know I can think of times in worship, you know, where like, where the band just continue to play and there's not a specific song or anything and we're kind of just encouraged to pour our own hearts out to God. You know, for me in those moments, my English runs out after a while. I think, oh, sorry, Lord, I'm saying like the same thing over and over and over again. Let's try something different. And when I begin to pray in tongues, there's a sense that I've, I feel that connection in a new way. You know, I remember times when I prayed for situations where I think, I don't even have any English to start with. I have no idea what to say, no idea what to pray. And so I begin to pray in, in tongues, in this heavenly language, and sometimes feel that there's an intentionality and a power to it that I can't understand because I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm trusting that God hears the utters and the, the mysteries of the Spirit. I remember when our, one of our girls was, was a baby and we've always tried to make prayer a part of like the bedtime routine. And I remember I would pray for her, hold her in my arms. She was about, I think, one years old. You know, the, you get the room dark, you know, try you do everything to get the right atmosphere for this child to sleep. And I would just hold her in my arms and I would pray. And then I would just quietly and gently just pray over her in tongues, trusting God for her, trusting his heart for her that's beyond the confines of my language and then lay her in the cot and walk out. Most of the time it was okay. But this, a people full of the Holy Spirit are edified in spirit. And God doesn't take over our mouths and control our words like we're a puppet or he's a ventriloquist artist. It is, it's our choice to pray in tongues, to open our mouths, to have a go. And it feels really silly at first. And you kind of can find yourself thinking, did, did I just make that up? Am I just being silly? But like most things in our faith, it's like a muscle. It's like a muscle that we build and we strengthen. And as we, as we practice the gift, it strengthens and it builds and it becomes stronger. And so I believe as we look through scripture and there's so much more we could say about the Holy Spirit and another day we will that a people full of the Holy Spirit are effective in mission and they're equipped in speech and they're edified in their spirit built up strengthened for the task ahead if you found this podcast inspiring and helpful then we'd love for you to get in touch via at lifelanks on social media or our website, lifelanks.org. Life Church, impacting our neighbours 
our nation and the nations with the good news about Jesus.